This morning, our guest is Sheila Miller. She's the PIO for Bend PD. Sheila, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Great to talk to you. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Happy to be here. So tell me about, uh, just, uh, I guess for you and then for the department, how'd you make it through the uh, first big snowfall that we had of the season? Gosh, you know, it's always busy. Um, I think a lot of people discover um, that maybe their tires aren't as good as they think they are or that they can't quite make it up that hill. So, um, you know, we stay busy with lots of crashes and stuff, but, um, you know, that's just this time of year in Bend, Oregon, and we encourage people to make sure that their cars are ready to go for this type of weather. Also this time of year, I w- would think that uh, DUIs pick up. They do, you know, and it's it's disappointing. Um, this year, we're actually well ahead of last year's DUI arrest. Um, as of last week, we were at 615, and I found out over the weekend that we had arrested six more. So as of last night, we're sitting at about 621. Um, last year, we finished the entire year at 509 DUI arrests. So that is... Um, a big jump, and we still have several weeks, and those weeks tend to be very busy for DUIs. Um, <clears throat> I just think, um, you know, at the time of year with holidays, um, people um, find themselves in a situation where they haven't made a plan and they aren't sure how they're going to get home. And, um, you know, there, there's just no excuse anymore for people to drive intoxicated in, in Central Oregon. There are ride chairs and cabs, and I don't know about you, but um, I would be happy to get out of bed to pick up a friend or a family member if it meant um, I could help them avoid hurting themselves or others or getting a DUI. Really a nice idea, Sheila. Don't volunteer me for anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, we've heard from the public that DUIs are a big deal uh, and that they want us to do something about them. So um, this last year we created a full-time DUI team, and those officers' entire job is to be out on the road looking for drunk and high drivers. And they've been super successful. We actually had one of our officers um, named the DUI Officer of the Year for the state of Oregon. Um, and uh, and so those guys are out there every day, and they're they're looking for people who shouldn't be on the roads. Um, and we also have a grant from the National Highway Transportation Safety Council in ODOT this year um, to run overtime shifts uh, around the holidays trying to catch DUI drivers. So we'll be out in force, and I think that that number is just going to keep keep going up. I seem to remember from past conversations with Chief Krantz that distracted driving and DUI were some of the biggest portion of what you guys have to deal with. Yeah, you know, DUIs and, and distracted driving, it's something that everybody sees. It's You know, everybody's out on the road for the most part. And so it's something that people see, and it's something that really concerns people. And so we hear from a lot of people that say, hey, we want you out here looking for this stuff. And and, you know, uh, we're a customer service um, business, and uh, and we want people to know that we're out doing those sorts of things. But distracted driving in terms of, you know, talking on cell phones, it's um, – I know a traffic officer who would, who would tell you that that is um, akin to driving drunk. You know, if you're driving and looking at your cell phone and not paying attention, it is the same effect as driving under the influence of alcohol. Speaking of uh, traffic division, has that been beefed up in this past year? Our um, our DUI team was was created this year, so we went from um, having you know general traffic cops who you might see out on motorcycles um, to having two specific people dedicated to DUI, and then we have our traffic division as well, which um, you know dropped during um, this shortage of, of police officers, but we're hoping to beef it back up. 
All right, I want to switch gears on you now, uh, but not on icy roads. Let's talk about <laughs> Measure 114. There's a judge that's going to make a ruling today as to whether or not that can be blocked or everything put in place. How is the department reacting to Measure 14 and the ups and downs with it right now? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of whiplash on this one. We've had a lot of questions, and we don't have a ton of clarity at the moment, so we're just trying to... Um, you know, watch closely along with um, working with the Oregon Association of Chiefs of Police and other agencies to try to understand how we'll be expected to implement this law. Um, you know, I know that there's been lots of lawsuits filed, and I think we may, uh, we can probably expect to see continued um, lawsuits. So we're kind of in a waiting game. But for us, the, the largest issue is um, one of the things we know is that the maximum fee for people um, who would pay for that permit to purchase that um, is part of the Measure 114 is $65, and that is not going to cover the cost for us to implement and maintain our, our permitting process as an agency. Um, we'd have to hire personnel to do that work. Um, our records department's maxed out and doesn't have that uh, ability to add that piece onto their plate. And so um, that would be... Um, that would be a big addition for us. And so that that's one of the things that we're interested to see where this goes and, and how it looks when these lawsuits are all ironed out. Yeah, your involvement in this, it would, uh, I'm asking you, would it increase your workload and by how much? Yes. I mean, I, I think we would have to hire full-time people to, um, to add this permitting process. You know, traditionally all of these, these types of processes have been handled entirely at the state level by OSP. Um, and so this asks each individual agency, uh, no matter how small, to shoulder that burden in our community. And so we would have to hire uh, full-time people to add to our records division, and that could mean that we would that could take officers off the street, right? Because we only have a certain number of um, FTEs that we can use for personnel and, and funding we can use for personnel. Gotcha. Uh, we're talking to Sheila Miller. She's the public information officer for the Bend Police Department here on the KBND Morning News. City of Bend has uh, just recently approved or is working through the process of unsanctioned camping and uh, making some rules on that. How is that going to impact your department? You know, I think that's one of the things that um, people may misunderstand about this code. It was developed by the city and city council, and it essentially establishes time, place, and manner restrictions on camping. Um, it creates restrictions that haven't been in code before. Um, but I think it's really important to note that generally police are not going to be the ones that are responding to these code violations. Um, <clears throat> the city has code enforcement officers who handle compliance, and they'll work with county providers and, and other providers like addiction and mental health treatment people um, to try and help um, people who are houseless. Um, who may need assist assistance in staying within those code requirements, which are things like, you know, you vehicles need to be operable and camps can't be in place for more than 24 hours. They have to move. They can't block sidewalks, stuff like that. So primarily this is going to be um, code enforcement based and it's going to be done by code enforcement officers. Um, people could be cited for violating those codes. Um, and if all other solutions fail, our officers um, could get involved. Um, we might provide assistance to code enforcement when safety is in question. Um, but it's also important to understand with these these citations, um, these are for municipal court, not circuit court, and there's no warrant system for municipal court. So, um, you know, we could you could throw citations 
um, at everybody, and it doesn't mean that anybody's going to pay them or suddenly come into compliance. And so I think if the goal is for um, compliance and for um, these codes to be uh, followed, then we're going to get involved sparingly, um, and we're going to use citations really sparingly. Can you explain to me the difference between a code enforcement person and a police officer? Um, code enforcement is somebody who is responsible for uh, enforcing city codes. So if your house has a bunch of garbage out front, um, that would be a code violation. And we're not going to send a police officer to that. You're going to send a code enforcement officer. We have only have a couple, and they're through the city. They're non-sworn. Um, they don't obviously carry guns. Um, and so these are people who are responsible for some of those lower-level codes. You know, you think about – it sounds silly, but, like, you think about codes – we have codes here in in uh, the city for like when you can put up sandwich boards, you know those boards that you see that advertise um, businesses in town. That's code enforcement. That's not law enforcement. And so um, these are the people that that will be um, handling that. And and I think it's important to also remember that um, sometimes bringing police and law enforcement into a situation can escalate things, you know, um, people may not have had traditionally had a good experience with law enforcement. And so when someone shows up with a badge and a gun, that can make the situation more challenging when it doesn't need to be. When when what we're looking for is um, trying to get people to move their motor home 600 feet, you know, um, there's no reason to bring somebody um, with a badge and a gun to that unless uh, safety is really at risk or a law has been broken. Okay, I appreciate the distinction there. It, it sounded uh, like with uh, code enforcement, that's the same thing as writing a parking ticket. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. It sounded like code enforcement was the same thing as writing a parking ticket. So we, <laughs> it is confusing. We handle um, some parking, and then, you know, like downtown has, has diamond parking, which has been um, uh, contracted with the city to handle um, a lot of the parking issues in the downtown area. So, um, code enforcement handles, yeah, a lot of those those lower level things that are city code, but are not, um, you know, state laws, local laws. All right, it's uh, Sheila Miller with uh, Ben Police, and thank you for your time today, Sheila. It's great to talk to you. Thank, thank you so much, Frank. Have a good day. Okay, FM News one hundred point one eleven ten KBND.